0: This is Customer Experience Leaders, a podcast produced by Rated. It's a show where we reveal the secrets of how great brands delight their customers.
1: If you haven't done all the mise en place, and if everybody doesn't know what they're doing and if the team aren't in a great place and if there's not great camaraderie, and if the restaurant's not beautiful and clean and polished and if our suppliers haven't given us the best produce to deal with then there's just no way that we can actually have great customer service because we're not going to be ready for it
0: that's the voice of neil perry he's the culinary and brands director at rockpool dining group i'm your host adam jaffrey hey there i'm michael Momsen. so michael today we're speaking to neil perry who is a celebrity chef and an iconic australian business leader who runs 60 world-class restaurants and 16 award-winning brands. In addition to that, he also leads menu development for Qantas to ensure a modern in-flight dining experience. And to top it all off, he's a regular TV presenter.
2: Yeah, so we have a fascinating conversation with Neil to understand how does he do it all? How does he do all of this stuff with great consistency, ensuring delivering an outstanding product with great service all the time? It's a must-listen show packed with fantastic takeaways.
0: So, we started off by asking Neil, what does customer experience mean in the context of fine dining?
1: Well, I think in particular fine dining level, it's really um, seamless and so end-to-end, and that's in any environment really, but in fine dining, there's no room for mistakes or errors. It, It has to be completely seamless. And in the end, the reality is that we're trying to create great memories for people and so at every level of the interaction from phone call, if that's how you might make a booking, to first greeting at the desk, to how you interact with your service staff, how the food's brought to your table, enjoyment of the food, and most importantly, a fantastic goodbye and end to the experience is, is really important. So it starts from the moment that you ring up to the moment you leave and everything in between has to be perfect. So creating great memories is just impossible if it becomes clunky. So seamlessness is, is really important.
0: I mean, you're one of Australia's top chefs, uh, and so I, I would have assumed that most of your focus would be on the food and the menu, but to create those great memories and a really seamless experience, you have to make sure all those little bits are, are tied up nicely and, and that all the touch points are wonderful. So, everything from the booking phone call right through to you know a fantastic goodbye um, was something that I wasn't expecting to hear from you. How does somebody in your position make sure that all of those touch points are delivered to a high standard? Because you know it's not you t- picking up the phone, it's not you saying goodbye. You know you know you've got a number of restaurants around the country, so that makes it quite difficult.
1: You know I started um, front of house at eighteen and and didn't come in the kitchen until I was twenty five. So I ran restaurants and and uh, really understood from a front of house point of view the touch points are important from the customer, but also made me realize how important it was to get the kitchen and the floor performing as one team. So, my sense of um, hospitality and generosity has always been very focused. And so for me, making sure that every single person understands what their role is and that their role is not singular in the experience, it's part of a seamless experience, has been really important for me to be able to grow my restaurants the way that I've grown them. So from day one, I've always been really strong on, you know, cliche, one team, one dream, but it it really does create an opportunity and an environment for customer service to thrive at every level if everybody recognizes that they've got a part to play.
2: I'm wondering actually just the practicalities of how you bring that up because I think all brands and all businesses now are trying to do that relative to their own industry and everyone's struggling to get all the pieces to fit together and struggling to bring the team together to deliver that seamlessly. What are some of the behind the scenes that you find work really well to be able to get that orchestration of the team to be able to deliver on that?
1: Well, I think, you know, you've got to lead by example and your heart has to be in the right place. So, you know, building a team and building culture is really important. Sure, we've got restaurants and, you know, we serve food and, and drink and so forth, but the reality of it is we have to create this experience that people dream about, uh, want to come back to, want to tell people about. And if we don't do that, we really haven't you know, achieved what we possibly have set out to achieve. So, For me, it's that it's really saying to the guys, you know, you've got a fundamental philosophy by which to fall back on, which we we're really strong on at Rockpool Dining Group to be able to create those memories. And that's the care philosophy. So that's the tool that we really use. And I think it kind of engages every part of the business and helps them to understand what their part is and how we're trying to achieve that. And it's one word so people can buy into it easily, remember it, and then kind of remember the manifestations of it.
2: Do you mind taking us through that? I'm now fascinated in the, the care philosophy, yeah. Yeah, well, it starts out
1: where we have to care about our suppliers. So, for us, I mean, to be a great restaurant, we have to have amazing suppliers with so much energy into every single thing that they produce. And that's not just uh, our seafood or our amazing vegetables or our beef. It's our incredible wine that we're able to handle, our spirit makers, the guys who press our linen and deliver it so that it's crisp and beautifully ironed every day. So we have to look after that when it comes into the restaurant. The way we handle it, the way we touch the fish, the meat, you know, we look after the linen, put the wine away. You know, all of our wine in our entire restaurant premium group is kept under temperature control. All those things are are really important. So you know, we recognise that without these great suppliers, there's just no way that we would have a fantastic restaurant or restaurant group. So. And the next part of the care philosophy is about the place of work, the work environment. So in the kitchen, keeping it clean, we have a great saying, you've got to learn to to clean before you can learn to cook. So it's making sure that you're really controlled and clean. And if you're in front of house, it's making sure that, that the doorknob or the glass on the door as it's about to be pushed open by a guest is sparkling and clean and the dining room is ready and it's absolutely beautiful. So caring about that also has the effect of actually making sure that not only is it beautiful day one, but you know, 10 years down the track, we've got a beautiful restaurant that's got a fantastic patina. Then we talk about care about each other. That's probably fundamental to the whole philosophy and the whole ability for us to be able to do what we do. So front of house, back of house, you know, cleaners, kitchen hands, every single person within the group is so important to each other. And when I came into the back of house from front of house, is one of the things I've worked my whole life to sort of Tear that divide between those two down and make sure that it's you know, one great team working together to make sure the customer is brilliantly looked after. Then we talk about caring about the environment. We talk about sustainability in nauseam and, and waste and waste control, and how can we lower impact on the environment. So for us it's a super important part of you know the way we interact with our suppliers what we want them to do for us And it's interesting because it's not mutually exclusive you know the best fishermen in the world care more deeply about the ocean than anybody else beef growers or people who are growing our vegetables the ones that really care and grow organics and do biodynamics are the guys who really care about the earth and and sustainability so that's a really fundamental part of our business and the other one is caring about community which is super important so we have the you know the Rockpool foundation i'm always talking to our young people about being politically active so that they can actually help shape the next generation so that they can actually help people who are less fortunate than us we do a lot of charity work guys are brilliant volunteering and and helping us to raise money and, and more importantly to help charities kind of um, get to a point where they can really do great things with people so we're involved a lot at that, that level and we recognize as uh, restaurants that you know we've got 64 in our group but we can think big at head office but each restaurant you know we have to think small we're part of an amazing community we have to be very thankful to be part of that and we have to make sure that we're interacting and doing our part and then the last part of the care philosophy is really caring about the customer and making sure that um, everything that they they need is you know we're ready to make sure that that happens and it was really interesting because I've been with Qantas for 22 years but when I used to talk about the care philosophy back then at town hall meetings people would put their hand up and say hey Neil doesn't the customer come first and I always just say to them well yes but the reality of it is it's exactly like when you're cooking uh, a dish for lunch or dinner if you haven't done all the mise en place and if everybody doesn't know what they're doing and if the team aren't in a great place and if there's not great camaraderie and if if the restaurant's not beautiful and clean and polished and if our suppliers haven't given us the best produce to deal with, then there's just no way that we can actually have great customer service because we're not going to be ready for it. So people really start to, as we explain that, understand where customer service is and it can't be the first thing you think about. You've got to put all the building blocks together together So that you can deliver great customer service. Yes, it can be the notion that drives a business originally, but it can't be the kind of building block to start. You know, great customer service is a notional idea. We have to get all of these amazing opportunities in place to be able to, you know, deliver on that promise, which is to create great memories.
2: It's almost like the customer experience is the output, but it's hard to control the output. All you can do is control all the inputs, and the inputs are more complex than ever before.
1: Absolutely, it is exactly that. You you really have to make sure that. Every single moment is done before the customer walks in the door or picks up the phone. If all the training isn't in place, if all the, the reason and for the guys to deliver great hospitality with generosity isn't there, if they don't buy into the philosophy, then you know, you know, at some point in that chain, it'll break down.
0: I really love that model and it actually brings to life how many things need to go right to be able to deliver really exceptional customer experience. To be able to execute on that, you really need to have a team that cares. And so, how do you hire staff that kind of have that give a crap gene, you know, the staff that actually care?
1: Well, we pretty much work that out fairly quickly. I and mean, I think you can tell if people are really um, focused and, and into working through the care philosophy, which has all those various parts to it, is, is an important part of their persona and makeup and as you say their nature is really important. So we try to pick people with fairly like-minded natures and good souls, good heart, care about things, and very importantly can become part of the team because we can kind of teach them things and skills that they need, but to cook well or to serve well or to understand wine or the things that they need to be able to answer the phone. And when customers have got questions and queries about various parts of the experience they're about to have, they're able to answer them. But if innately they're not a person who's great at hospitality, then we really need to weed those out of the business fairly quickly. And often when I'm doing these um, care uh, philosophy conversations with our staff, I sort of preface it by saying, if you don't feel like you want to live a life like that, then you're probably in the wrong industry. Um, And I think, you know, the industry is called hospitality. So if you have an issue with giving hospitality, and that's at every level, um, you know, in the kitchen, in the floor, wherever it might be, then you're probably in the wrong business and you need to refocus.
2: I want to go back to the top of the conversation where really at the heart of it, you were saying we're in the business of creating memories. Could you describe what you mean by that? Like what exactly is the memory?
1: The very tactile experience of eating and drinking and laughing and conversation and having fun and being in the environment
2: is all very important, but that's
1: our opportunity to plant a memory uh, into somebody so that they think about us in a very positive way. They continually think about wanting to come back You know, I always say to the guys, we're not in the restaurants, we're in club business. You know, we like want Freak and Flyers, we want people to join. Uh, We want to grab hold of them, we never want them to leave. So creating a memory, if you think about it, a restaurant starts new every single day. You know, essentially, uh, all the mise en place is done, the dining room is ready, the guests come, they eat, they drink, they have fun, they leave, we shut the door. From a guest perspective, they get the shock of the bill. So hopefully, both of the equation of the bill and the memory and the experience adds up to, wow, that was awesome. And importantly, we shut the door and the cleaners come in and, and we start again, we have to get up tomorrow. And, and, you know, our focus is doing the best we can today and doing better tomorrow because we know each day is a new challenge for us. But from the guest perspective, that, that experience is done. Memories come in, in lots of, of shades. So we really want to create the kind of bright, vibrant, excited memory that lives with people for a long time. I mean, some of the great dining experiences of my life, I remember for a very long time. You know, I want people to get, you know, fondly think of, wow, I had an amazing uh, meal in 2006 in Melbourne at uh, Rockpool Bar and Grill. I think it was pretty new then. And, you know, I mean, they're the sorts of things that we want people to uh, to have. One of my, my great experiences is a restaurant called La Custardia in Paris. In, in 1984, I can still remember everything that I ate. Um, and there's restaurants that I went to, you know, 18 months ago that I can't remember, you know, what I ate, what it tasted like, because that memory is so blurred as opposed to, A really clear-cut amazing experience that in a way sort of changed my life a little bit so they're the sorts of things that we really love to do
0: one of the challenges i think with customer experience is and particularly in restaurants actually is that it can be quite emotional you know there's a lot that can go wrong i think you know you can get the wrong order, the, the waiter takes too long, the bill's not correct. I mean, these are some common examples, but it is inherently very emotional. And I think actually restaurants bear the brunt a little bit of you know some of the worst experiences possible when things aren't executed well. So, how do you make sure every single customer is delighted when they walk out the door?
1: Well, I mean, you've got to try as hard as you possibly can to have that happen. I mean, I don't think anyone gets a 100% strike rate. So, as you've just said, some little things can happen husband and wife can be having a fight when they come to the restaurant or you know someone can have done a really bad business deal and 70% of the emotion is not really generated by the restaurant, but by the person themselves. So people come with baggage. So it really is that thing of actually attempting always to service recovery, turn people around, emotionally read people and understand what they want. People come in for different reasons, a quick business lunch, a long business lunch. They're doing a great deal. Um, they're breaking up. They're getting married. They're got to have a shitty day they've had a great day they're from overseas they want to be delighted you know they're a local that's been with us 200 times they know what to expect there's a whole dining room full of all these different people doing different things at different times so being well armed understanding you do have service recovery opportunities making sure that you are putting your best foot forward all the time and recognizing that there will still always be some breakdowns so you've got to try and make sure that you're putting your best foot forward every single day. And, I, I, you know, it's interesting because I talk a lot to the guys about the Japanese way of, and not just um, the way a Japanese chef or restaurant owner or, you know, any kind of tradesman or artisan would in Japan. They are very much sort of specialised in things. So, you know, the classic example is a sashimi chef or udon noodles or ramen noodles or tempura or, you know, all these guys' specialties or kaiseki or... You know, you go to Japan, it's really hard just to go to a restaurant because there aren't very many restaurants. There's thousands and thousands of places that specialize in amazing food. But what these guys do for their whole life, you know, they cut raw fish and they think about that piece of fish from, you know, 14 to 80. And their whole purpose is to do it better tomorrow than they did it today or to do it better today than they did yesterday. And I think I've worked with my guys a lot on that focus to say that, we have to have our best day today and tomorrow we have to do better.
0: Neil, welcome to the quickfire round. This is our rapid game show segment where we ask you lightning questions. The style is you've got about 10 seconds to answer. Are you ready? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Your time starts at the end of the first question. Neil, what brand do you look to as an example of really great customer experience?
1: Uh, for me, it's, um, you know, I'm involved with Qantas. I love Qantas. I think, um, you know, it really is an amazing extension of, uh, you know, the spirit of Australia.
2: Neil, what did, uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, I, I used to love sports. So I wanted to be uh, playing
1: for Australia in rugby, but, um, you know, unfortunately, I wasn't good enough for that aspiration.
0: <laughs> Neil, what skill are you terrible at? Uh, Anything to
1: do with technology. So, the fact that you're talking to me today is incredible that I've got this far. Yeah. It's a win.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Uh, What are you reading right now?
1: Uh, I have been reading Gourmet, um, Traveller magazines because I've got them on my iPad and I've been flying to Singapore, Hong Kong and back to Sydney and I caught up on about four issues that I haven't had a chance to read last year.
0: Who is somebody that you really admire? Uh, Thomas Keller from French Laundry, per se. I just think he's a brilliant uh,
1: chef, cook, motivator. And, and having worked with him uh, in doing some fundraising in Australia and uh, seen him in his environment, his restaurant, he's just a true leader.
2: What's a non work related thing that you're into right now? Uh, non-work related,
1: well, I mean, eating and drinking is what I love doing when I'm not working. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, no, look, watching, watching the kids um, chill and, you know, indie surfing at the moment and um, Macy's loving um, touch football and netball and stuff. So it gets you out of that work environment and lets you enjoy, um, you know, your amazing children.
0: Neil, where do you go to upskill, you know, is it books or YouTube or podcasts or like what, what kind of channel of, is your choice? Well, it's a,
1: it's a real combination of everything. I mean, the food, food from around the world is, is immediate and 24-7 now, I mean, you're looking at things on Instagram continually, I'm traveling continually, so I'm eating in great restaurants, I'm meeting with, you know, great chefs, I'm, I'm you know, walking through uh, fantastic markets, local markets in, you know, Thailand or London or New York where I'm heading on Sunday and I'm inspired by the amazing produce. So all of those things and uh, you know, certainly YouTube and uh, everything that one can find on the net these days compared to what it was like you know, 40 years ago when I started is just extraordinary how everything's on tap now.
2: And last question, Neil, what is your guilty pleasure?
1: Ah, uh, probably frozen Kit Kats, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I don't really like Cadbury chocolate when um, it's at room temperature, but when you kind of freeze it down, you don't taste so sweet, I, I really love it, so th- those and frogs, that uh, Freddo
2: frogs are my, my favourite. Neil, I want to touch on your thoughts on technology in the restaurant business and whether you think it's helping and hindering i mean there's a sort of explosion of both booking software to reviews to different systems to track loyal customers etc what's your general thoughts on on technology in the restaurant business on the whole it's really uh, been a benefit um you know
1: obviously booking systems are fantastic um they allow you to track your customer and get more data on your customer point of sales linking into booking systems are fantastic the point of sales now you know the sophistication of the data on customers that we're able to gather so that we know that you love still water and like you love sparkling and you know last time you were here you had a bottle of Gicon Chardonnay and you, you love 36 month ribeye and you know you love seafood so the conversations that we can have with customers around what their likes are and dislikes and and also making that seamless moment happen where things just appear without people really needing to worry about it is a fantastic part of um, technology. I do worry that through booking engines and other things that the human part of it comes out. Like, I mean, I'm pretty lucky. I just text my chef mates and ask for booking. But, but, um, <laughs> <clears throat> but, um, I think delivery is another thing that sort of, kind of will find its way. I mean, it's great for parts of our business. I mean, we would never do it at Rockpool or Spice Temple or or Rosetta, but, you know, obviously in Bavarians and Burger Project and Fratelli Pizzas, um, it's working. You know, the restaurateurs are just figuring out how to make some money out of it. You know, the riders don't make a decent wage and they're not covered by proper insurances, so there's something terribly wrong there. And um, the guys, the, the apps themselves are burning tremendous amounts of money um so a bit like Uber, they still haven't figured out how to make money, but they're worth a shitload of money. I don't know how that happens because in a traditional business like ours, you know, you just work your ass off and you actually make money and you're still not worth yes. anything.
2: So <laughs>
1: good on technology. I, I keep saying to my kids, you know, keep playing games and keep keep coding and don't don't worry about <laughs> restaurants. And more and more, um, we're seeing, you know, with there's kiosk ordering in places like McDonald's and it's gonna go across other fast casual and fun casual. And now um there's apps that are being worked on like Me and You, which is a interactive system that allows a restaurateur to interact with the customer more, the customer to do a more end-to-end experience where they can see the menu, see a dish, order it, go to the point of sales, waiter delivers it. you know, you can walk the check, you can order another bottle of wine, you can be sort of more in the driving seat. Now, where would you like to do that? I would say at Burger Project, at a Bavarian, at a pub, at Fratelli perhaps. And online reviews are, you know, just sadly part of the business. So you just have to kind of look at them, take the ones that you think, yep, I can see where we we could have improved, and other ones where you go, you know, what that customers never coming back, and they, they they never came with the right intention in the first place. So I just think, like for me, I was able to develop my businesses and develop what my brands and restaurants stand for before all of this stuff. I see within our business, and I have to counsel a lot of people who work with me about it. That it's really easy to lose focus and chop and change on a number of reviews that don't really have any meaning to your business, but they are emotional and they get to you and you start to change your business. And all of a sudden, you never get to be as great as you possibly could have been because, as the old saying goes, uh, you know, a horse designed by committee is a camel. If you don't have a strong focus on what you want your restaurant to be and almost single-mindedly, and I don't mean not listen to your customers because, of course, you do have to, But importantly, you have your own laser-like focus of what you want that restaurant to be. You'll actually find the customers that love your focus. If you try to be everything to everybody, it's very difficult to be great.
0: Neil, I want to finish up by just touching uh, for a couple of moments on uh, some of your quick service restaurant endeavors. So, you know, Burger Project is relatively new and you mentioned a couple of others, you know, Fratelli uh, Pizza and, and Bavarian. These, I guess, have a bit of a different customer expectation than, you know, somebody who would be coming to Rockpool Bar and Grill, for example, which is, you know, more of a fine dining establishment. And you've quite famously kind of launched in particular Burger Project with the line fast food with slow food values. What's the thinking behind that?
1: Well, the thinking behind that is exactly as uh, Alice Waters and I were talking several years ago when I first started Burger Project. I was just about to start Burger Project, actually, and she opened Chez um, Panisse Cafe in Berkeley in, I want to say, 1971 and was talking about farm-to-table uh, sustainability. I mean, you know, that is pretty extraordinary in 1971 to be talking about that. And she was talking about fast food and her lament about what that meant to uh, America in relation to time spent dining. But more importantly, the quality of the ingredient going into the burger patty, for instance, and, and all the things that went into a, a traditional fast food experience and that it was very shallow and hollow and it was only really food by calorie count rather than any other thing. I said to her, well, I'm creating fast food, but with slow food values. And when I took her <laughs> through that, she understood what I meant. So the value of Rockville Bar and Grill, for instance, having a relationship with Cape Grim, which is some of the best beef in the world out of Tasmania all grass-fed mature beef. And I was taking whole muscle meat from there, bringing it into each individual store, hand cutting it, grinding it in each individual store, forming it into a patty. So we're actually the only people technically allowed to cook a medium patty because we have complete control of the cold chain, making all the individual sauces. Um, making the soft serve from Valrhona chocolate and vanilla bean.
2: Uh, you're making me want to cut the, the, the interview now and go out and get a burger. I, I, I think this should, be part of the, this should be part of the pitch, Neil. Like this is like I'm salivating just listening to you.
1: <laughs> For me not to have two burgers a week and, and a milkshake is really hard we make best milkshake in the world, I, I promise you. And, you know, and we cook uh, every day and, and the approach has always been, um, you know, okay, we're fast food, but all the values behind that are exactly the values that I would bring to Rockpool to produce that patty, to, to put the burger together and to serve it. That's one of the reasons why it's my favorite burger in the world. So that was where fast food, slow food values come from. But just on the experience, there's less moving parts to an experience. So the, the great discussion about what, you know, what's three, three star Michelin food? Well, that's food touched by more hands, essentially. So when you have a fine dining experience, There are more moving parts to it, whether that's on the amount of people that it takes to put the food together in the kitchen or the amount of people that, you know, the sommelier, the barman, the the host, the captain, the manager, the waiter, you know, there's all these people. And of course, at Burger Project, you come up and you order and we produce the food and and the buzzer goes off and, and you pick up your tray of food. The same experience, though, in customer service and the same experience in wanting to create a great memory for our customers is evident within the staff, because if that person behind the register, be it a gorgeous young boy or girl, isn't smiling, isn't engaging, that's that one moment of customer engagement that we have. And if the, the cook isn't cooking the burger and it's not putting, being put together with love and if the guy who's setting the tray doesn't put the two burgers in a row and the drinks on the side and the serviette and it looks beautiful and presentable and, and doesn't say, um, you know, because we make sure that we get the name of the customer, we don't just have the buzzer number, and so, if our guys don't go, oh, thanks, Mike. That you know, enjoy your meal. Um, yes, that, that one more customer experience that we we have, and then there's not a smile when we're clearing tables and wiping tables down. They're the customer opportunities that we have that we have to seize every single time. But by the same token, we have to drive that situation where you walk away and go, man, that was a great burger. I can't wait to come back. So we have this great opportunity at Burger Project in you know one of the most consumed products. Um, in the world, to actually differentiate ourselves by the level of care that we put into it. And one of the really interesting things is that I start out with uh, with a little the training for our, our guys at Burger Project a video of me saying, "Hey, guys, you build the best burger in the world." And I feel really confident saying that because we start out with some of the best beef in the world. We know it is. It's the cleanest air in the world down in Cape Grim. They take rain, they harvest rainwater and bottle it from there, which is extraordinary. Wow. Um, we take this beautiful cattle and we then you know, hand form a patty out of the mints that we make there in each store. So I know that if anyone wants to stay with us, they've got to produce a patty of the same quality and I know they can't. So that gets the guys inspired and then they kind of get this notion like I'm building the best burger in the world today and if I can convince every young kid that works for me that that's what they're doing and that's their mission statement, then I go a long way towards creating a great experience for everybody.
0: I really love this concept of care and and then we've spoken a lot about teamwork today, actually, um, and how that really brings customer experience to life. Neil, I want to finish off just by asking, you know, we've spoken a lot about hospitality experiences and, and customer service, but in what ways are you measuring customer experience across your restaurants today?
1: Yeah, well, look, again, there's the, all the traditional stuff. So, we get letters, um, we get reviews, we get all of those various things. We try to have a touch point with all of our customers. We recognize um we have incredible amounts of regulars across all of our businesses. We very much have a touch point of engaging with each of our customers to make sure they've had a great experience and you know the word of mouth that we're getting from them is super important. Yeah. You can spend a lot of money trying to get new customers, but it's really important to look after the ones that you've got. And in a sense, it's an easier way to do business. So so we work very much on communicating with our customers and communicating with them. Strongly and making sure that they have an opportunity to become regulars. I mean, every first time is a golden opportunity for us, and we measure it by the amount of people that come twice, three times, four times. I mean, you know, we have people at Rockpool that have come two, three hundred times in the ten years (laughs) and more actually um, that we've been open. So, so that's how we really run our businesses by making sure that we're engaged with our customers that we actually have sitting with us.
0: Well, Neil, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was fascinating.
1: Mate, it was a great pleasure. Great to see you guys and really love talking about, uh, you know, the great philosophies that run our business.
0: Well, Michael, what a wonderful discussion with Neil Perry, one of Australia's top chefs, and I didn't actually know it, but also a customer experience aficionado.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. What What a great conversation. And that was like, The first takeaway for me was that here is someone who is a celebrity, top chef, top of his game, yet we had a whole conversation that was really around what matters is delivering a seamless experience end to end. And that was just such a strong takeaway for me. We didn't spend a whole stack of time talking about the specifics of food and the delivery of what it takes to deliver a great experience in the actual product where he has his speciality like as a a top chef, but focusing on. From having a great booking experience all the way to a goodbye with a smile and ensuring that that is seamless. That was just such a huge takeaway for me is that you could be great at your craft, but what really matters is that you deliver a seamless experience end-to-end.
0: Yeah, and that actually makes me think of takeaway number two, which is that seamless experience needs to be something that you deliver every single day. Neil actually said every single day in the restaurant industry, you need to start afresh. And it's just like, for example, a musical performance. You know, you're basically getting up on stage and performing to a brand new audience every single day. And so that's really important because... From the customer's perspective, that's the first time they've seen that performance. That's the first time perhaps that they've eaten at that restaurant. And so, that first impression really counts. And perhaps even if the customer is a regular at a particular restaurant, all it takes is one bad experience to kind of turn that around. So, I think this is a good lesson for for all businesses. It's a really great idea to start fresh every single day.
2: The third thing that really stood out for me was... Just how clear Neil was on his values. And those values, I believe, is why he's built this rock pool empire, right? It can scale out the business is delivering to Neil's vision because it is in line with these values. And just being really clear on those values. I think, you know, we talk a lot about culture and like having all the, the right wording around like culture, uh, bullet points, et cetera. But, you know, he didn't have anything fancy. It was just like, let's have a care factor. <laughs> like he called it, you know, just a care principles. And it was simple, like a care for the supplier and the place of work and each other, the environment, the community and the customer. And I actually think what is quite clear as well, what does it mean to care for the supplier? You know, you don't need a statement that says we are going to be amazing looking after our suppliers and be the world's best organization to interact with, with blah, 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 and get the right wordsmithing. It's is I just care about the supplier and everything from that is quite self-evident. So, I really love that. So, yeah, the big takeaway for me there is just being really, really clear about your values. It's such a strong foundation in being able to scale
0: great experiences. And finally, the fourth takeaway is about creating great memories. Now, Neil spoke in the interview about not only being in the restaurant business, but also being in the business of maintaining a club of passionate fans. And so, if you can create great memories when your customers interact with your business, that will keep them coming back time and time again, creating this loyalty and so, how do you create great memories? Well, I think that's really, again, about nailing the seamless experience and nailing each of the key moments that happen throughout that experience.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The the, the big thing that stood out for me was, you know, he's got these two types of businesses, right? He's got the fine dining experience. But then there's the quick service retail, so like the Burger Project. And what was interesting was when he talked about creating memories in a fine dining experience. There's maybe like 28 moments <laughs> where that uh, you know happens. You know, they bring out your bring out the bread. They way they serve your dessert, like the way that um, you know they pour your wine. To, there's lots of things that can go wrong and can go really well, and that sort of is packaged up in the memory. In the quick service retail, there's really just three moments that happen, right? So one is taking your order with a smile delivering a fantastic uh, product and then you know maybe the the overall cleanliness and the experiences as, as you walk out and so I think what's interesting is it's it's worth actually just reflecting on when are those key moments or in, in marketing speak you would call it like the moments of truth you know wh- where are these moments in your business to then work out well that's what we need to double down on like so for him it was like the smile at the interaction when you place your order for the burger that is really critical to nail that each time. And so I think, you know, yes, it can be daunting looking at all the things that it would take to deliver a seamless experience and to be amazing on all of them. But actually, there's probably just three that you really need to nail and deliver. And I I sort of thought that that was a really great takeaway.
0: All right, so let's sum the four takeaways up.
2: Yeah, the first one is you could be the best at your craft, but what matters is delivering a seamless experience end-to-end.
0: Takeaway number two was to make sure you have great experiences. Start fresh every single day. Number three was
2: being clear on your values. And for Neil, it was the care principles.
0: And finally, takeaway four, know which moments of truth are contributing to creating great memories.
2: Fantastic. Well, if you loved this show, please share it with friends and those that you know will get value from it. If you'd like to connect with us, we read every message that's sent. You can add us on LinkedIn. The details are in the show notes.
0: Thanks. Speak to you next time. Thanks for listening. Customer Experience Leaders is produced by RateIt. RateIt can help you capture in-the-moment feedback, understand the insights from that and take action to improve the customer experience. So to find out more about how RateIt can help your organization improve your customer experience, head to the website rateitapp.com. That's R-A-T-E-I-T-A-P-P.com this podcast is made in partnership with Wavelength Creative. It was produced by me and Christopher Lawson, who also edited and mixed the episode. Our theme songs are by iColics, Peter Cooley and The Shrugs. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Adam Jeffrey. I'll speak to you next time.